You thought that you could have it all And life could be a ball But you fell and scabbed your knee Now you can be free Good morning. Welcome to Recovering CEO. Uh, as Bill sees it, 8 a.m. Twitter space. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. It's a kind of a snowy day in Michigan. It's kind of warm, but it's snowing, I guess. And I'm driving. Yeah, not the best to be hosting a Twitter space whilst driving. But on Friday, my wife and I go to breakfast, which is great. Um, one of the promises coming true, so to speak, you know, being able to build and maintain a good relationship with a spouse. <laughs> um, my awesome wife, who usually cooks a great breakfast, but on Fridays we go out because our king people show up at 8 a.m. And, and we, well, anyways, we usually go out then. But also I've been doing now this Twitter space at 8 a.m., so we get to the breakfast place at 7 but still, it's sometimes tough to uh, get from there to my office. So, anyways, um, yeah, I'm doing okay today. Doing okay. You know, I've still been struggling with this sugar, which really whacks me out. You know, it's it's amazing how my food addiction really ties in with all my other addictions. And if I am out of whack there, it just it's um it's not really good for my spiritual condition. You know, so something to think about uh, because my sobriety is contingent on the daily maintenance of my spiritual condition. You know, I need to keep it together. And eventually if I don't, I will go out and use again. Right. So I don't want that. And um, yeah, so we'll start with a moment of silence for the still suffering addict or alcoholic followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thy will, not mine be done. Yeah, so here I am driving through Ann Arbor, Michigan. It's a beautiful morning. You can see all the businesses, the Starbucks here, the little restaurants, the Indian restaurant I like to go to, um, Shinola, Cherry Republic, all these little places, you know. It's kind of snowing. Not many people out. Some cars, but... uh. Yeah, life life is good. You know, it's um, I don't know. Winter's weird. You know, I do kind of miss the big city. I don't know if any of you live in the big city. I miss the hustle and bustle. You know, here nobody really is out and about that often. Maybe because it's nasty out. But I guess uh, you know, sometimes they go out and about on the weekends and whatnot. I mean, this is a college town. Actually, last night I went to the Michigan versus Purdue basketball game, which was pretty cool. You know, it's pretty cool. Um, Purdue is the number three team in the country in college basketball. Michigan beat them, which was fun. And I'm not even a Michigan fan. <laughs> but uh, I went with my buddy, and it was good. You know, it was good to go to the game and fun to watch a victory. And, um, you know, the students rushed the court. Uh, so that was good. But let's read... Uh, today's reading. This is today's reading from As Bill Sees It. 
I did just get to my office, so I will stop outside and uh, read this before I go in. So this is from As Bell Sees It. It's from the 12 and 12, page 48 and 49, and from the Grapevine, June 1961. It says, uh, this is page 12. Seeking Fool's Gold. Pride is the basic breeder of most human difficulties, the chief block to true progress. Pride lures us into making demands upon ourselves or upon others, which cannot be met without perverting or misusing our God-given instincts. When the satisfaction of our instincts for sex, security, and a place in society becomes the primary object of our lives, the pride steps in to justify our excesses. I may, I may attain humility for today only to the extent that I am able to avoid the bog of guilt and rebellion on one hand, and on the other hand, that fair but deceiving land which is strewn with the fool's gold coins of pride. This is how I can find and stay on the high road of humility, which lies between these extremes. Therefore, a constant inventory which can reveal when I'm off the road is always in order. All right. And this one, this today's reading kind of goes back to, um, you know, the concept of staying in the middle, you know, not just staying in the middle of recovery, staying in the middle of staying in the middle of AA, right, which we know is the key to success, but staying in the middle um, in life, you know, as I said earlier, I'm really good at um, either climbing to the very top or hiding at the very bottom. It's hard for me to just kind of be a part of, you know, it's hard to just accept what I have, you know, I, uh, I always want something big and grand and exciting and wonderful. And, you know, if I don't get that, and if it doesn't go the way I want, if it's not perfect, you know, then I, uh, then I will, you know, just go to the bottom, right? There's no middle ground. There's no middle ground. There's no, it's very difficult for me to be in the middle, which is a problem. You know, it's a problem. Um, you know, in some ways, if I try too hard to climb to the top, you know, I step on the toes of others and they retaliate. Or I just, you know, have false expectations. You know, I expect things I want. You know, it's that, that craving and that, that lust mentality where I want more and more and more. Just got into my office, nice and warm. Um, all right, I made it. So, you know, where I want more and more and more and just kind of, yeah, it's not the best thinking, you know, and it often lands me in trouble, you know, as an addict and an alcoholic, I, um, you know, I do, I struggle with consumerism, you know, and my, sometimes my desires are out of whack. You know, the alcoholic is an extreme example of self will run riot instincts gone astray, you know, all those things. Um, I'm certainly not perfect and it's tough to be just to walk down the middle. It, I don't know why it's so hard for me, you know? Um, and again, you know, I, I'd like to be, I want to be more positive and helpful on these podcasts and I will, you know, if I'm honest though, I've been struggling, you know, I've been struggling you know, I mentioned I've been struggling with sugar, and that just really whacks me out. You know, it's uh, 
I eat a bunch of sugar. I just kind of binge it. You know, I get bubble tea. I want ice cream. I eat the chocolate in the house. I, and then I feel sick, you know, drink. I drank a Coke last night at the basketball game. I justified it, you know, cause I wanted to be able to stay up late and it was past my bedtime. The game was at nine o'clock. That's late for me. Um, but you know what? It just kind of like whacks me out spiritually, you know, and it, and it makes me start to think about my other addictions. You know, it makes me, I always just want more, you know? And I think the key in life and what this reading talks about is I need to uh, stop chasing the, these fool's gold medallions, um, you know, stop chasing it. And, and then on the other side, avoid the bog of guilt and rebellion. I mean, I just need to be in the middle. That's a weird line, guilt and rebellion. Um, but pride lures us into making demands upon ourselves or upon others, which cannot be met without perverting or misusing our God-given instincts. Huh. When the satisfaction of our instincts for sex, security, and a place in society become the primary object of our lives, the pride steps in to justify our excesses. Oh my God. Pride is the basic breeder of most human difficulties, the chief block to true pride progress it's just a tough concept for me you know they always say pride leads to parade i have a tough it's tough for me to understand what the hell is pride you know what does that mean does it mean i'm proud does it mean i feel like i deserve things like i'm gonna do this because i want it and i deserve it Uh, maybe you know i mean sometimes pride will get me to like yeah try and get things that I have no business having, you know, things that aren't mine and um, puts me in bad situations. You know, Uh, I still don't, again, I don't totally understand it. You know, maybe I should look it up. Why don't we just look it up? Let me just see. What is, what is the pride definition? Let's just see here for the sake. Okay, here we go. Pride, a feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements. The achievements of those with whom one is closely associated or from qualities or possessions that are widely admired. And then an example is the team was bursting with pride after recording a sensational victory. Um, And then another definition, uh, consciousness of one's own dignity. That's a weird one. Uh, Using a sentence, he swallowed his pride and asked for help. That doesn't seem right. And then if you use it as a verb, to be especially proud of a particular quality or skill. She always prided herself on her ability to deal with a crisis. Hmm. I don't know. Um, And then it says here, is pride positive or negative, right? That's a good question. Pride is often considered a negative force in human existence. The opposite of humility and a source of social friction. It's even been called the deadliest sin. Uh oh. Mm. All right. Um. Hmm. So that's an interesting one, you know. And that's oh, here's pride definition from the Bible. All right, let's read this one. Um. So I hope I'm not boring you. Here's the definition from the Bible. The biblical sin of pride refers to a high or exalted attitude. 
the opposite of the virtue of humility, which is the appropriate posture people ought to have with God. Synonyms for pride in the Bible are insolence, presumptuousness, arrogance, conceit, high-mindedness, haughtiness, and egotism. Wow. And then even it says, there's a question here. It says, what God says about pride, right? Let's ask God. Uh, This is what the scripture says. God, quote, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Hmm. From Peter chapter five, verse five, young men in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Because God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Shit. So, I need to be humble. I need that humility. And then what does humility mean? You know, that's a tough one. Um, Does it mean to be humble? Let's let's just look up humility. Because this is another one that I think people struggle with. And um, humility... uh, a modest or low view of one's own importance, humbleness. And then, quote, he needs the humility to accept that their way may be better. Yeah. So in Webster Dictionary, it says, the essential meaning of humility, the quality or state of not thinking, you are better than other people, the quality or state of being humbled, He accepted the honor with humility. The ordeal taught her humility. And then full definition, it says freedom from pride or arrogance, the quality or state of being humble. So, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, humility is a big one. You know, it says, okay, here's some, some examples of humility. Taken together, these three pieces give us the formula to move through these challenging times, resilience, compassion, humility, appreciation, and responsibility. Interesting. So, you know, I think we need to be aware of it. I think we need humility. um, You know, so, you know, I think, I don't know, this is a great example of I need to practice Uh, humility. I need to reject pride. So, you know, I just got to be careful. You know, these are some basic shit. This is like some old school biblical shit. And I just, I need to be honest. Um, Pride comes before the fall, you know, I need to be humble, you know? So here I am doing this recovering CEO podcast. And my friend joked, you know, he joked that, you know, it's a permanent, yellow balloon that you get to hold right and he was referencing the fish fellowship or the grateful dead wharf rats you know how they pass a yellow balloon at the at the set break meetings for the people that want to see like a grateful dead show sober he said oh you get to hold the yellow balloon all the time right and that's that's fine you know that's a funny joke right it's funny um but uh yeah i need to do this with humility you know i'm doing this to help others you know, you could you could say the recovering CEO, um, you know, sounds like pride, right? Like CEO, 
but you know, I don't know. It's uh, I don't mean it that way. You know, I, I, I called myself the recovering CEO because I wanted to tie it to business, you know, and I want to be able to help people in business. And I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, I've been using more Twitter since I started. I started a little bit on LinkedIn, but I, I kind of just fizzled out because I'm still trying to work on my messaging. And actually, today's a really good day to do that. I have no scheduled work meetings. Um, I may try and hit an A meeting or, you know, some other meeting today. I need a meeting. And my buddy and I might go out to this really good uh, Indian street food place for lunch, which is fun. But, but I'm so full after breakfast. My God, I don't even need to do anything. But I'm sitting here in my office and I want to stay sober. You know, I need to stay sober today. I don't want to act in a way that goes against God. I don't, I don't want to act in a way today that goes against my sobriety. So I need to ask myself, what can I do today for the man or woman who is still sick and suffering? What can I do to help someone else today? And, uh, yeah, not always an easy question. You know, there's not always obvious people who need help. You know, like I've been following the recovering posse on Twitter. That's, that's good. That's a nice group of people. And some people do ask for help on there. You know, I don't often ask for help on there. Um, although I have been struggling lately, you know, not necessarily for drugs and alcohol, but just other stuff, you know, um, instincts in excess, you know, pride, wanting things that I don't need and shouldn't really have. And the pursuit of those things will lead to social conflict. You know, if I chase things too aggressively, I'll step on the toes of others and they'll retaliate. You know, it's a cycle. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough to put yourself out there, you know. It's tough to put yourself out there. You know, if you, you put yourself out there too much, you're going to get critics. You know, nobody's really listening to this yet, right? Like a little bit, a little bit of people. I haven't fully promoted it. Like I haven't promoted it on Facebook, partially because, you know, I'm not really ready. I don't want my parents, you know, like people on Facebook know me through and through. Like I feel like the people on LinkedIn are more like, um, businessy, like not family, yeah, a little bit family, but um, basically whatever. I need to really come out of the closet with my addiction, with my addictions, you know, in order to help others, I need to kind of get rid of this false pretense that I'm too good or I'm, you know, what does it really matter, right? So I'm an addict. I'm an addict. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a food addict, sex addict drug addict, you know, gambling addict. I mean, all of them. Spending addict, you know, I should be in debtors anonymous. Um, I should be in every freaking anonymous program. I could probably spend my day in anonymous programs. I should just be anonymous. Um, the point is, is I've got it. You know, I've got it. I've got the spiritual sickness. I've got the desire to change the way I feel from something on the outside. You know, I, I want things. I want, I want things that I can't have. I want pretty things. I want nice things. I want younger things. I want all these things, you know? And how do I shake all that out of my mind, shake it out of my desires, and just be at peace, you know, to really just be at peace? Like, doesn't Buddha say something about, like, want is the root of all pain? Like, you know, 
the things that I want cause me pain. Why can't I just take a deep breath and sit here kind of calmly and still and meditate and just be grateful and just be grateful for what I have, you know, and do the next right thing. God has blessed me with so many things, so many blessings, you know, so many, I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky, you know, so I do feel a strong desire to share what I've learned, you know, but right now it's, it's down to just day-to-day hand-to-hand combat survival. You know, I really want to get to the point where I can be like just so at peace and have all my addictions so under control that I can just be helpful to others. But that's not quite how it works. You know, I feel like it is moment to moment. It's day to day, you know, one day at a time, each day, you know, and I need to do the things that will help me stay sober and then I can help others stay sober. You know, you can't give what you don't got. You know, if I don't have some level of humility, if I don't have some level of, um, conscious, strong sobriety, I can't give it away, you know? So I need to work on that every day, hand-to-hand combat, overcome the addictions, surrender to it, you know, surrender to it, put my hands up and say, Hey man, you got me, you got me. I'm a drug addict and alcoholic. I'm addicted to everything. Help me, help me today. Help me to be, help me to be strong. Help me to do the right thing. Help me to make healthy choices. Help me, God, you know, walk with me carry me because I can't do it you know I can't do it and I've admitted it I can't do it you know life is too difficult um I don't want to check out you know I don't want to end my life I don't I want to make it you know but sometimes you just get stuck in this vortex of addiction you know and they talk about it they say you know sometimes you catch hold of a let's say you're going down the raging river right and the rapids are carrying you and you, you know, you're wearing a light jacket, you're bopping down the river. It's almost drowning you. That's addiction. You know, that's addiction. And every once in a while you catch onto a log and that's kind of like a moment of silent, a moment of sanity and clarity, you know, and I catch onto that log and I have a moment to think about it and say, Derek, what you're doing is going to kill you. If you keep going with this addiction, you're not going to survive. You will die. You will die. Or you will end up in prison where life is out of your control and you have to do what other people tell you. Both of those suck, right? In order to save your life, you need to not just hold on to this log. You need to take this moment while you're thinking straight to climb on this log and use it to get to shore and to get to safety. You need to escape from this addiction. And God gives us those moments. And I had that opportunity to get off and to exit the rapids and to save my life, right? And it's a very tempting opportunity. You know, maybe on the shore um, is my family, you know, my parents, my significant other, maybe my children. And they're all calling me, hey, Derek, come on, you can do it. Make the choice, get sober, come to shore. You're weak. You're struggling. You're not going to make it. We love you. Come to shore. It's safe here. We'll be with you. We'll love you. We'll love you till you can love yourself, you know? And there I sit on the log, wet, you know, like a wet rat, 
hanging on to the log, debating whether I want to make the effort to go to shore, to go to my loved ones, and to escape the addiction. And oftentimes the addict will choose to just not do that. You know, that seems too difficult. I don't trust that they're going to love me. I don't trust that I'm going to be safe. I don't trust that. But I know that my addiction, I know that if I go back to my addiction, it's going to make me very high. It's going to give me this warm feeling, you know, of love and completeness. It's going to complete me. It's what I'm missing. And so they look at their loved ones and their family on the shore and they wave goodbye. And as they wave goodbye, they let go of the log. And the river and the rapids takes them away again. Under and over rocks. And down waterfalls. And they're struggling to keep their head above water. And they're floating faster and faster away from a life that they could have, you know. Deeper into the addiction, deeper into the darkness closer towards death, you know, and um, that cycle happens over and over again. Every once in a while, a higher power gives us the opportunity, a moment of clarity where we realize this is my chance. God has given me a chance to stay sober, to choose humility, to do the right thing, to admit that I'm powerless and to do the right thing. And I could take that choice or I could continue on in my addiction. And, um, you know, as it says in the big book, the choice to live a spiritual life or to die an alcoholic death is not always an easy one. It's not, you know, it costs a lot to win, but it costs even more to lose. And you and me might have spent some time wondering which to choose. We all come to the fucking crossroads, right? We all come to the fucking crossroads. Nobody can tell you you're an addict and alcoholic. Only you know, right? Your own enlightened self-interest must tell you. Your own enlightened self-interest, which means you need to realize that in order for your preservation, in order to live and to live the life you want, you need to stop doing the drugs and the alcohol. You're the only one. So if you're at that point, if you're at this moment of clarity where you're listening to some podcasts and you think you might choose sobriety, choose humility, I encourage you to do it. Take the chance. You know, we only get so many chances in life to get sober. Eventually the chances go away. You know, we end up in jail, in a mental hospital, dead, or we kill someone, which lands us in jail. You know, I mean, getting high is fun, but it really leads to a lot of shit. Getting sober, you don't know what it's going to be like, right? It may not be quite the high of heroin or cocaine, but it does work. It works for a lot of people and it can work for you. You just got to try it. You just got to take that first step, you know? Um, so I, I, I thank you for listening to the recovering CEO today. I love you, right? I'm going to love you until you learn to love yourself. We're going to love you until you learn to love yourself. We love you. 
I know you can do it. I know you can get sober. I know you can say no to the drink. I know you can choose life. Come out into the light. God is here for you. Your friends are here for you. Pick up the phone, ask for help. Jump on Twitter, ask for help. Listen to another podcast. Just don't drink or do drugs right now. Just don't do it. Be sober. Be at peace. Close your eyes and be at peace. Close your eyes and we're going to have a moment of silence for the still suffering addict and alcoholic followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thy will, not mine, be done. Thank you for being here today. Make it a great Friday. Fridays are wonderful, right? Fridays used to stress me out. Fridays used to be a big drinking day. It's payday. We used to go out and get shit-faced. Today, I'm going to be sober. Today, actually, I'm going to go to a meeting, and a friend of mine is going to get his 40-year token. And it's my old sponsor, my good friend, getting his 40-year token. That's a gift. That's a blessing. You know? I'm going to go give him a big hug and tell him I'm proud of him. Right? Why don't you do that today? Go give someone a big hug and tell him you're proud of him. And I'm proud of you for being here. All right. Thank you. Stay safe. God bless you. Recovering CEO. See you next time. You thought that you could have it all. And life could be a ball. But you fell and scabbed your knees.